You're lying. I never hit you. You are tearing me apart, Lisa. Hey everybody, welcome back to Drinking Issues. And finally, I have a special guest on today's episode. Uh, I'm getting kind of tired of talking to myself, so it's nice to finally have someone on the show with me to uh, talk about issues. But again, this isn't really an issue. It's just a movie talk, I guess you can say. So, without uh, further ado, I'm going to introduce my first guest on the show, uh, the Army vet himself. Mr. Josh Daniels. Hooray, hooray, hooray. Hey, what's up, everybody? Glad to be here. All right, all right, okay. Is that all you have to say, Josh? What's yeah, that's good. I mean, I got plenty to say. I got a bunch of notes. I can't, I, can't, I can't get this guy to shut up. So, <laughs> well, I, I think this could take us a while to talk about, so I think we're just going to jump right into uh, what we're going to talk about. Um, we're going to talk about the movie The Room. And... First off, after you're done listening to this this podcast, you need to stop what you're doing, and you need to watch this movie. End of story. It. Um, I had no idea what this was about, um, so I was just on YouTube, you know, watching my YouTube videos that launch one day, like everybody else does, I'm sure. And uh, <laughs> and I, I saw I saw a Seth Rogen trailer for a new movie that he's doing. And I'm like, oh, Seth Rogen, another Seth Rogen movie. Uh, not really a big fan of his for reasons, but his movies are okay, some of them. But um, so I was like, okay, uh, I see James Franco. I like I like James Franco, so let me let me just give this a click and see what it's all about. So I click on it, and the trailer is James Franco portraying this guy, and it's it's a short trailer. It's like a minute and a half, and he's, he keeps on scrolling up his line for this movie, and I'm like. Okay, okay, well, I don't, don't get it, whatever. Well, I get it, but I'm just like, okay, what, what is this? And then at the end, it pretty much tells you that this it's based on a movie that's infamous for being so bad. I didn't really think anything of it. Um, I just kind of forgot about it. So bad. Yeah, so, it's so I, bad. I, I kind of forgot about it. Yeah. So the next day, I saw something on it again, and I'm like, okay, like, what is this movie? Like, what is this all about? So... I, I did some research. I saw that it was based on this movie called The Room. Now, now the Seth Rogen movie that I was, the trailer that I was watching was called The, the Disaster Artist. And you should check it out. So I saw that it's based on this movie called The Room. And so I bring it up to Josh's attention one day at work. And Josh is like, oh, yeah, I've seen that. And I'm like, really? I've never, never heard about this. So I find some YouTube videos on that, like best moments, trailers, stuff like that. And, and just, just from watching the, the videos, it, it's just it's so bad I'm like you know what I mean like the editing was it was just horrible and I was like what? oh man we definitely have to do a podcast on this it's we, been called the Citizen Kane of bad filmmaking in yeah. the past I've definitely heard it called that plenty of times yeah. which if you don't know what Citizen Kane is it's known for being one of classic films greatest films so it's it's bad <laughs> it's so bad that you wonder what how it got to the end the whole time, yep. the entire time. So yeah, so me and me and Josh decided we were going to do a podcast on this because we were looking at stuff because I wanted to have Josh on the show for obvious reasons. Um, and so yeah, we decided we were going to talk about this movie. So last night we both decided to watch it. And I, Josh said that he saw it before. I've seen actually, most of it. I never actually like I saw it clipped up in chunks on YouTube. Yeah, just funny moments and like I saw enough outtakes, probably equal forty five minutes or so total yeah. of the film. 
So, so you've, never, you've never seen the whole movie? But I watched last night, I did. I sat down. But before and, that, prior yeah, to that. Before, that, that before last night, I never watched it in, in it's an entirety. chronological order with no interruptions. And it was it was a wild ride. It was a wild ride. Yeah, so <laughs> we, we just have to uh, to jump right in. The, it's the first off. The first 30 minutes of the movie, there's already like four or five sex scenes. Oh, yeah. I, 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 what, what did I say? I think I timed it. Why, why, is, it, why is this? First of all, why, why were the sex scenes so long? I mean, one of them was like three minutes or so. or like Each one of them was like between two to three minutes long. You actually timed them? Or you yeah. <laughs> I timed a few things in it just because I was laughing at it, like how long the scene would take, just thinking about how irregular that would be in real life. Like, it's... like. Everything about the film, to me, seemed like it was better suited for being on a theater stage. You know, like, where the scene transitions are, are quicker. Um, I, I don't know, the dialogue is more direct, it seems like. Mm -hmm. It doesn't seem... Like, I've never heard a real person talk, talk like this. <laughs> it, it's baffling. Like the, so the movie opens up, I think it's just them in the room, which I don't... I don't even really know why it's called the room. We'll just say most of the movie takes place in a room, which is I it's, guess cool. But I, I think because like all the action happens in, in the apartment. Room. Yeah. Like even there's there's like their friends or something. They come over just to have sex in their yeah. room. Like, which again, that's a whole thing. We were both like, <laughs> who are these people that just came in that room? They, they, they came in, they left, and I'm like, did that have anything to do with yeah, the movie at all? Just, like, do, do people just randomly bust into people's houses and bang on their couch and they're like, oh shoot, somebody else is coming back. It's like, well, yeah, they look, dude, that's called breaking and entering or trespassing mm -hmm. or something. I don't know what it's called, but there's got to be some law you're breaking when you're doing that. So, like, yeah, the movie opens up. Tommy, Johnny, we'll call him Johnny for the sake oh, of the movie. Tommy was so Tommy was so plays, himself. Which, Jeez. honestly, let's just say the first opening credit sequence you see, it's, you know, Wiseau Productions. <laughs> Produced by Tommy Wiseau, uh -huh. directed by Tommy Wiseau, starring Tommy Wiseau, and if that's not some Kanye West level delusion right there, to think that you're like capable of doing all, I mean, not to say that a director can't also act and produce, uh, it, yeah. it can be done, Yeah. but that's, I think that's like a veteran type of thing, like a veteran in the industry would be more comfortable or, or you know, they would be better at it by that point. Tommy Wiseau just, well, to, to to not go on another tangent, but to say, you know, he had some kind of possible traumatic brain injury in a car accident that yeah. left him a bit off this, you know, just off a little bit. Not enough to, you know, it just, it's enough to be questionable. And, and so he, you see this guy, you know, that obviously he's putting his heart into it and he's putting his name all over this. Yeah. And, and you just wonder how the dialogue could... There's so many things wrong with it. I, don't I, I know, I know. I just, I can't, I can't stop talking about it. Yeah. It, this guy, like, yeah. From what I read, that he got into, apparently, he got into a car accident, and then after that car accident, it was like a near death experience. Right. And he said, you know what? Like, I, I want to act. This is what I want to do with my life. So I'm definitely going to take that plunge. And and then that's what he did. And the the guy that that he d does a movie with, M Mark Greg, mm, yeah, Sestero, whatever his name is, they be, they met in acting class, and this is how this whole thing came about. And, it, and essentially, it's kind of Greg's fault for this all happening. Because yeah. he apparently told Tommy to watch this movie. I forget what movie it was. And that was when he was like, we're doing a movie. And he has no idea where Tommy got this money from. Apparently, he had all this money come in for this movie. Had no idea how it came in. 
So that, and, and you know, this wow. is a guy that apparently was struggling just to, just to like, even, you know, like apparently he was out, like outside on the streets, like selling shit just, just to make ends meet, just to, you know, and then all of a sudden he gets all this money somehow. I don't know. It's, but. It, it seems like this, again, to preface this whole thing, because I feel so weird and kind of bad for being as brutal as we're about to be, because you feel like it's an honest effort from somebody who gave it their best, you know, like you... Like, I feel like this guy gave it his best. And it, and it just, it, you know, like sometimes your best isn't good. Sometimes your best is horrendous. And yeah. this is like one of those weird, rare times where his best is horrendous. And the thing is, is like, yeah, I understand that. Like, he, he's not an actor. Right. He's not a drug. He's not any of that. But this guy tried. And he at the end of the movie. He was a producer. Yeah, he was, he was everything. And this guy really tried. And I give him props for that. And I felt really bad for him at the end of the movie. Like, it was like sad. Like, the dude shot himself. I was like, oh, I what? know. I was like, come on, man. Let's just give a quick plot synopsis, right? So, (laughs) basically, the movie opens up. It's in San Francisco. It's set in San Francisco. Most of it takes place in this apartment, which the main character, Johnny, played by Tommy Wiseau, apparently pays for his girlfriend, Lisa, to stay in this apartment. He pays for everyone. Yeah. Apparently, he's the breadwinner for his entire social circle. (laughs) And... The, and in the same apartment, his best friend, Mark, which you will hear that, hey, Tommy's my best friend. And, like, the whole time he repeats, but Tommy's my best friend four or five times in the movie. And then other people repeat it. You're Tommy's best friend. And, hey, man, don't, are you Tommy's best friend? Don't How do you know? Don't forget it. Yeah, so you, you, won't, you won't forget who's best. Anyway, Tommy's best friend, Mark, lives there. He stays in an apartment above them in this same building. And apparently, he and Lisa are having a, an affair. Well, it's not really an affair because no one's married, but he, she's cheating on Johnny with Mark, and she's supposed to be Johnny's fiance. Now, I guess there's also this character, Danny, Denny, Denny. or Denny. I couldn't Denny. tell until Denny. the end credit sequence if they were calling him Danny, Denny, or Denny. Denny. <laughs> I, I was like, dude. I don't know who this character is. I don't know how old he's supposed to be because his behavior... Anyway, okay, we'll, we'll talk about that. Back to the plot synopsis. Yeah, so there's so much. There's this kid that they kind there's of... So it's like, like he's some young guy. They sort of sponsor him. He's maybe a troubled youth or something. And they're trying to help him. And then you are introduced to the mother of Lisa who comes over to tell her that she should marry Johnny. And Lisa's expressing how she doesn't want to marry Johnny. So the entire movie, she's cheating on Johnny with this Mark fellow, and instead of just saying, huh, I just think I don't like being with you anymore, Johnny, we should break up, they ride out this crazy, weird, awkward relationship where she does all of these horrendous things to him that no one would really tolerate. Like, if any girlfriend of mine did that, I would just be like, well, I guess we're breaking up, you know, and then I'd just break up with her, but apparently Johnny didn't know you could just break up, and so he gets a tape recorder and puts it in the room where everyone is doing all these interactions because the movie is kind of limited in the setting where it almost all takes place exclusively in this apartment. And or upstairs. Yeah, or upstairs, which is very tiny loft. I mean, very <laughs> tiny, like this entire... On the top of the roof. Is there a bathroom? Does their front door lead to the roof? I was so confused as to, like, they would be on the roof, they'd walk out the front door of the apartment, and suddenly they're all on the rooftop, and I'm like, does the... Do you... Where, yeah. where is this building designed? What is this? M.C. Escher. I don't know. So, so then you, you get to the point where Tommy tells everybody he knows that Lisa was cheating on him and everything kind of comes out. And after he realizes he was betrayed by all of his close friends, he, 
he retrieves a gun that apparently he took from this drug dealer or something that was after Denny slash Danny. Was that the same gun? I think it was. It looked oh, like the know, same you gun. You know what? I didn't even think about that. Because I wondered, well, why would you know? Like, why would they let this guy yeah. go? And then Mark and Johnny came back up and said, "Oh, everything's all in, clear." In, we got, two, we in two seconds, in two yeah. seconds, I'm already out. And I, yeah, it was like, what you took him to the to the jail? That, that like, what are you, Superman? Like, how did you do this? But so Danny, I love you, Denny. He realizes you? he's been betrayed. End of the movie. Cue the depressing or the the depressed, rage-induced, you know, crying sequence. Oh, you're telling me about? And the next thing you know, he sucks starts the 9 mil. He got off the drug dealer and kills himself in the bed of the room or the couch of the room. I think it was the couch or something. He was, yeah, he was throwing all this stuff down, pillows and everything. Yeah, he, he was just laying on it and they shot himself. And that's when I felt sad for him. I was like, damn, this just got really dark. Yeah. Like, I felt like I was watching the end of Vice Principals. Right? I was like, okay, it was really funny. Now I'm like, damn, this dude like, took this role really seriously. And yeah. <laughs> it, 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 at a certain point, I almost felt like... Tommy Wiseau created this fictional story to express what may have actually been, you know, an actual based on true events situation he had in his real life, where maybe he was actually betrayed. Maybe it wasn't to this extent or anything, but, you know, you had to dramatize it for the film. But still, I felt like he really felt compelled to tell this particular story, and it was done in such a bad way that it. It hurts to mock it because you feel like, man, this poor guy put his heart, he dug his heels in to make this movie, know, and he did such a sham job, and you, <laughs> you know, you want to say, like, good job, but at the same time, you know, you want to tell all your friends to watch it and try not to die laughing, yeah. you know, because it's so wacky. Well, and I guess it's nice to see now that he's accepted it for what it is. Right. And to see, like, you know, at first it was, you know, 2003, I think it came out, and it was, like, serious, and he was, like, all about it. And then, and then, you know, now it's, like, this cult following where it's, like, you know, these people love it because it's so bad and so funny. But these people seriously, like, they like they they really do enjoy it, not just because they think it's funny, but they, they re- I, I don't know, it's something, well, it's, it's kind of artsy to that. I don't freaking it's, know. It's like, but, if you appreciate the artistic part of filmmaking, the fact that this does almost every aspect of artistic filmmaking so badly, exactly. makes it, yeah. like, I, maybe it's the same, I never understood this, and why people actually like Jackson Pollock's splatter paintings, I don't really understand that, but maybe... The people that appreciate the splatter paintings really deeply are this. It's a similar parallel to like the way we appreciate this horrendous. Yeah. So, but you know, and not to, I want to tie in your brand here. Forty One Diamonds, man, never stop chasing your dreams. Yeah. Tommy Wiseau is like a Forty One Diamonds kind of guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we could probably sell him on a T-shirt. Probably could. You know? We, a, yeah. We, well, you know, was, we, we just was, send him a T-shirt. I was thinking about. He's earned it. He's, oh, earned, yeah. he's earned it. He's earned it. One free T-shirt. Wear it. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? But yeah, I just yeah. I'm sitting here the whole time watching this guy, and you know he's chasing his dream. And I'm yeah. thinking, man, how great is that? That you know, that's that's such a good, such a good parallel there too. And I mean, <laughs> we just have so much to talk about this film. Like we were talking about earlier. Like first off, the guy's jacked. Oh yeah. No idea. Yeah, you see this guy. He looks like you'd have no idea what his body type would be. He looks like my wife said he looks like Glenn Danzig and someone else like mixed together. Which he does. He has the the, the long, long, dark, hair. wavy, flowing hair. Yep. And, and he's got like this this like Miami Vice jacket on with, yeah. the, with the black V-neck, and he's yeah. got he's got the pants the the short well the pants that turn into shorts. Yeah, I don't even know what they were called. They were like zippers at the, the zipper section. Yeah, and, oh my it God. And, and then and then he takes it off, and you're just like, damn, this dude. And, and then he's oh my God. First I, sex I, scene, right? 
He's doing a, co- a, cra- a crazy amount of pumping and thrusting. And you see, like, it's, it's, it's almost explicit, the amount of, like, sex you, scenes. You see half stuff. a butt cheek every time. Yeah. There's just enough butt cheek. But I, seriously, I think I saw more of Lisa's nipples when I saw oh his my ass. God. Like she, every scene, like her nipples are out. And that like girl was definitely out. okay with, with you know, yeah, like just, frontal nudity. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm okay with it too, but this uh, is more nudity than the 80s. First acting gig. Uh, yeah, Tom, who's directing this movie? Uh, directing, producing, everything. Tommy was so, who the hell is this guy? Yeah. I don't know, but you want to get into the uh, movie business? Hell yeah, all right, show me some nipples. And, yeah, uh, get, here we go. Give me that boobage. Uh, me five, that five, how many sex scenes are we doing? Are uh, you doing 10? <laughs> how long, an hour and a half movie? Yeah. Oh, okay, cool, yeah, sure, I mean, I'm down. Let's see, about two or three minutes per sex scene. That's give and, us about 30 and, you minutes know, and pumping. Like, you talked about this, and again, I didn't know until I watched the movie how how the voices were off. It was, And it was really only his. Yeah. You would see, like, he, would, he wouldn't be talking and hear, hear something. They added in these grunts in these sex scenes. Did, Did you hear that? Yeah. Did we, you see that? We were commenting. They're like, sitting there. They're sitting there, and you just hear them like these these grunts that aren't even happening yet. But and like they're just like they should be so subtle and soft, but they're they're so loud. I'm just like what? There's a there's a if you catch it like every apparently every time Tommy was thrusting on this woman, he was like on the side of her. Yeah. But the first sex scene, he's he's literally like not even close to her. Like their pelvises are so far yeah, apart. Their pelvises are so. I'm trying to keep it yeah. somewhat PG-13, but <laughs> he's he's so far away from her vagina area, and he's thrusting, and I'm like, dude, what, you're hitting like like her armpit. Yeah, like, like what are you a gas pump? <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I'm, I mean, I'm kind of long as the hose, bro. This is just, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> it's just, it's just, oh my god, and and I. I who who would you say the best actor in this movie was? Oh man, I don't know. I think he's not coming. The, the guy with the glasses, I thought was actually. Yeah, he was. You know what? I, he was pretty good. I, it, I, was he like a, a psychiatrist? I, sh- I shouldn't say he was pretty good, but he he was. Yeah, and then like the the mother-in-law, whatever the mother, she was so monotone. It was yeah. like, uh, yeah, like she was just straight reading lines, like no emotion at all. Who buys you an apartment and yeah. Johnny is a nice person. You shouldn't leave him. Okay, I'm leaving. Like, huh? But. Oh my gosh! And then Denny, and then like, who's this kid? And then he's involved in a drug deal. Yeah, it was crazy. Like, what what? kind of? I kept wanting to say, well, there's got to be more to this plot now because apparently Denny is involved in some kind of a drug ring because it was enough money to make a guy come at you with a gun. Uh I'm like, dude, how much? How much do you owe this guy? And what drugs? He said he just says drugs. Like that guy deserves an Oscar. That guy was good. (laughs) The guy with the gun. That guy was like. He's like, just give me five. Denny was like, just give me five minutes and I'll get your money. First of all, who asks for five yeah. minutes? Five. He's like, oh, give me five days. You want five minutes? He goes, yeah, just give me five minutes. You don't fucking have five minutes. I'm like, okay, this guy's good. Where's my fucking money, Danny? Where's my fucking then, money, Denny? Where's my fucking money, Donny? I don't know what your name is, Donny. <laughs> come on, Denny, come on. And then Johnny, and then Johnny and Mark come in and save the day. What are you doing? No. And, oh, oh, we'll take care of him. Yeah, suddenly they run him down the stairs, <coughs> and you don't see him leave. You just they yeah. say it's yeah. all clear. Yeah, it's all it's it's clear, clear now. And so they probably killed him. As far as I know. <laughs> they just killed him. They, they got the gun and they so they shot him. And that, well, that's what I'm gonna assume. Yeah, his body's <laughs> in a in a floorboard somewhere in the house, I guess. Uh, oh my god! I just keep on thinking of, of things that happened in the movie. I keep thinking of these sex scenes that, just, that were so gratuitous. Oh, oh, and of course I forgot the the R and B music that would start oh, cue yeah. that would cue every sex scene. So before it even happened, you knew it was coming. Right. And you like, oh my god. Every time it, was, it would happen, we would look at the screen with like, 
wide eyes and a, jo a drop jaw just thinking to ourselves, is this another one? We just saw a sex scene. Yep. And it's not, I kept yep. thinking to myself, I've never seen so many sex scenes consecutively, I might add, mm -hmm. that, that didn't give me an inkling of a boner. I was like, how are you making sex so unsexy? I, just, I was just trying to get over it. Right? And Please be I, over. Please and be I over. did not think they were ever going to have any sex scenes because the first scene of the movie, they're pretty much hinting. Like, Denny's like, can I, can I go in the bedroom with you and hang out? And they're like, Denny, no, we're, we're having like alone time. And then they leave and they're, they're like having a pillow fight. Right. I'm like, okay, well, so definitely we... PG and next thing you know, Lisa's nipples are out. He's like, oh, never mind. Well, when we as the viewer first are introduced to this Dunny character, he goes upstairs like with them. He, he basically, Tom, uh, Johnny and Lisa, you know, like Tyler said, they're, they're getting ready to go upstairs and have alone time, which is pretty much implied. Like anybody of puberty age or older knows to not, you know, don't come knocking when the, when things are rocking and yeah. stuff, you know. So like this, this this Danny character goes upstairs and jumps on the bed when they're having this pillow fight. And just gets all in the bed and is wrestling around, just, just wrestling, just wrestling with a couple of lovebirds. And he looks around like, can I join you guys? And they're like, no, bro. And I'm sitting there thinking, how old is this guy? How is this character? Because he looks like he's 19 yeah. or something. I think, like, honestly, I thought he looked younger than that. Like, I think they, well, I think they were trying to make him look younger. Like, okay. I was thinking, like, 15 or 16 or whatever. But apparently, I think they say in the movie he's 18. Okay. He's supposed to be 18 well, in the movie. But yeah, Denny that was just. Denny was a was a fucking weird ass yeah. character, and, and he was just like, and then he's like, I I love Lisa, right? And he's like, and then Tommy was just like cool about it, or with Johnny, and he's like, oh, it's understandable, Denny. It's she under loves you too. As yeah, a, she loves as a person. You know, is it me, or did did you actually feel like the only character in the whole film that wasn't that didn't like wasn't just a horrible person was Johnny? Like, he was super nice to everybody. Dude. Somebody says, I'm in love with your girlfriend or your fiancé. And he goes, oh, it's okay, man. Mm -hmm. She's my girlfriend, but she does love you as a person. Mm -hmm. we should, you know, and then I think at one point he even says something so nice as to, if everyone in the world loved each other more, the world would be a better place. And I'm like, yeah, man, those are like truth bombs. You know, yeah. like, that's, that's good stuff. Uh -huh. He's the only character that's saying things like that. Everyone else, like Lisa, is saying, I'm out for me. This is what I want. And I'm like, wow, they're all so fucking one-dimensional and cardboard. They're cardboard cutouts of an idea of a person. Mm -hmm. And also, I'm, I'm so shocked back in the pillow fight, where was Dunny's football? Because every other scene, that guy has a football. He's just tossing it to, for no reason, just tossing this football the, around. Like, the football tosses that they were having, they were two feet away from each other and they were throwing a football. To, yeah. They were tossing it and they, they would toss it for about five seconds and then they would be like, okay, that was fun. Let's go home, Denny. I like the shot where they were in the alley, tossing the football, and at first it was just Johnny and Danny, yep. and then, and, and also I might add, the scene was in some weird, you could tell the set for that scene was a really small set, and they had to crop the framing, mm -hmm. because they could only show two characters at once in the scenes of yeah. that, uh, of the frames of that scene, because apparently the top portion of the right angle alleyway that they designed was so sh so short that if they went any higher you'd be able to tell it was obviously a set yeah. <laughs> and to do it to keep everyone in frame they had to cut people out and other people entered the frames and this the this is where i started getting that theatrical vibe like this should have been a theater production because the way they entered the scene like felt really stage left stage right and yeah. as a, like a guy i was in theater in high school these um these quick entrances just Suddenly there's a guy on screen and there was no 
travel time, just poof, he appears in the scene, and then mm-hmm. suddenly he's like, oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> he's suddenly in the frame. And then it cuts greatest, Johnny out, and then greatest, it's Danny and Mark. Greatest quote ever. The, very, very, very weird. Very bad quotes. Very, very, yeah. very strange editing decisions in general, really. Yeah. Just him looking down when he says it, and then obviously <laughs> you don't even... Like, and that they never even showed us that scene of Lisa telling him that you hit me, you yeah, were drunk last night. It just night. completely implies. He just comes out and he's just like, I did not hit her. I did not hit her. It's bullshit. Oh, it's bullshit. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Oh, oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> and then it's like, what? And then, and then like Mark is trying to like throw his buddy off the roof, the psychology yeah, dude. Yeah. And then he's like cool with him. He called, yeah, and, he, he calls him out for, he says something like the, the psychologist guy, is it Peter? I think his name was Peter. Might have been, yeah. He says, well, we'll call him Peter. He says, what, are you in love with Lisa? Or something to the effect of, are you in love with Lisa being Johnny's wife? Or excuse me, fiance. And Mark, you know, responds with this, oh no, you called me out like angry face and grabs him and like drags him over to the edge of the roof like they're gonna, he's going to toss him off and stop short. Uh-huh. And Peter's like, what the heck are you doing? You're gonna, you're crazy. And he lets him go. And then like, just suddenly everything's groovy. I would be like, yep. yo, get away from me, bro. You tried to, you just tried to murder me. <laughs> And it's just like at the end of the film when they're having the party for, for Johnny, and he gets in a fight with Mark, oh, yeah. and then they split each other up, and then he's like, "Oh, I'm sorry," and they shake hands and they're buddies again. Then Johnny disappears. They come back. They fight again. I'm like, "What?" Like it's just it was just oh, the timing was so bad. Also, the size of the apartment, plus the size of that party, plus they had that little fight. Like when you add all this up, it didn't make much sense to me. Because there was also a scene where Johnny was off screen for a second somewhere else, to be maybe upstairs, implied yeah. he was away. Yeah. But you see Mark and Lisa just blatantly in the middle of the room, snoodly, just like scoodly pooping, just uh-huh. like just snuggling up and like you know basically I don't know if they were slow dance. It wasn't like bump and grind, but it was like a little more than you'd want to be. Somebody's yeah, and it, it's it's inexplicable. A story of a man who didn't know you were allowed to break up. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I guess I have to kill myself now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> There's no other recourse. I guess I should just kill myself. Well, then, I mean, gosh. If, <laughs> and rats. Then, and then Mark, you know, he's, just, he's sitting there. He, the whole time he's, like, denying Lisa and telling her, I don't like you. I don't want to be with you. Not, and then it's just, oh, it's just, everything's just so bad. Everything was awkward. <laughs> so so awkward. And then at the end, he's like, I want your body, baby. Oh like, yeah, I wrote I wrote, the, I wrote a few <laughs> quotes down. Okay, let me, give, let me yeah, see. give me your quotes. So yeah, I said yeah. that these characters were shallow, and it seemed like it was not necessarily supposed to be as bad as it was intended to be. But it turns out it was so bad it was good. And oh, oh I want to cover the mother real quick. I got a couple quotes to okay. cover, but okay. the mother shows up in in that scene to talk to Lisa about how she should stay with Johnny and she should marry him and everything. She's there, She from the time she walks in the door, <coughs> two minutes and seven seconds until she leaves. And the entirety of their conversation, their private conversation, consists of exposition about Johnny. And almost all the conversations where Johnny's not in the scene consist of exposition about Johnny and how the characters in the conversation relate to Johnny. Like you hear Mark responding over and over, but Johnny's my best friend. Multiple times, we get yeah, it, bro. He had, a lot, he had a lot of the same one-liners. He, the um, the, the I also thought that same conversation with the mother visits the daughter. She kept saying to her daughter, like, "How would you support yourself? There's no way you could support yourself." I'm like, "This movie was made in 2003. Why is she acting like this is like a pre-suffrage era where she's 
Well, if you if you live on your own at 20, you're going to be a definite spinster. You're going to die alone, surrounded with cats. Like, dude, plenty of girls live alone for a period of time in their lives before they... Or anyway, the quotes that, that, that really got me, I'm your girl. I need you to make love to me. Every time Lisa said, make love to me or something to Mark, it just made me, like, wince. Mm-hmm. I would just cringe. I know it's 2003, and maybe in 14 years we haven't really, like, that phrase has been phased out of the common, you know, like, vernacular, but yeah. man, even then, it just seems so outdated. Well, how about how about Mark, when when this whole thing first happens with Lisa and Mark, she sits on his lap, and Mark's like, at this time, I thought they were already having a thing. Right, I did too. And then, Mark's like, you know, what are you doing? Like, why are you trying to come on to me? Like, you know, I'm not doing this. Like, Johnny's my best friend. Like, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm not doing this. He gets up. I'm like, dude's ready to roll. He's like, I'm out of here. Right. Sorry, not happening. Then he kisses her. I'm like, you just said you were. This wasn't happening. She didn't come on to you. You're like, you're like, I'm not doing this. Like, you know, no thanks. Gets up, and he starts making out with her. Fuck her up, boy. It wasn't her. Like, come on, come on. She was just kind of like, all right, he's not, he's not gonna take it. Right. And then he, I'm like, all right, well, that worked. And then he's mad at her. Like, dude, like, yeah, she was trying, she was being persistent, but then you were like, I'm good, and it's just like, okay, she kind of took it for, you know, and, and then, you know, you jumped, you kind of jumped on it, but sorry, go ahead with your quotes. Let's see, we had the, uh, I tried, I tried to put them in all caps so I could find them quickly. The, um, the next good one I found was, was, uh, when they came and saw, uh, after Johnny had killed himself, shot himself in the face. They came up to him and were like, wake up, Johnny, wake up, which really reminded me of Dale and Tucker versus Evil. Have you ever seen that? Have you seen that? No. Well, there's a scene where they, they're just surrounded by these teenagers in the woods who keep accidentally killing themselves because they think Dale and Tucker are these dangerous hillbilly killers, but they're really just two guys out to try and fix up a cabin they bought in the woods so that they could like have a peaceful cabin to go visit. But... These kids think that there's some weird thing, and, and they're, these guys are bad, so they keep accidentally dying. And there's a scene where they're running, and one of the kids like accidentally runs like headfirst into a wood chipper. And I, I can't remember which one's Tucker or Dale, but which whatever comes over to him and sees the, the, the legs and basically the bottom of a torso hanging out of the wood chipper. <laughs> and he just walks over to it and goes, Are you okay? <laughs> like, there's no person left, man. Oh, my God. They just so up, wake up, Johnny, wake up. His brains are all over yeah. the pillows. You're like, wake up. I'm like, it's going to take more than an alarm clock. <laughs> you won't wake him up from this sleep. Yeah. So then, then, the, um, the, then there's a line I forget that, um, let's see. Yeah, the, oh, oh, my note page just uh, reset to the top. Give me a second. Here we go. Oh, wait, no, that was, maybe that was it. <laughs> well, don't worry, there's plenty of something. I wanted to show a shout out to Chloe Litsky in the credits. She was handling the casting for this movie, which leads me to the next point I had about Lisa. Um, I like I hate to be ultra shallow about it, but I feel like Lisa was supposed to be some like gold diggy, like a gold digger type of, you know, like a super hot succubus. Like you know, no guy can resist her. I mean, that's why she's seducing Mark, who's Johnny's yeah. best friend, and she's able to string Johnny along to pay for her lifestyle and everything. Uh-huh. But when you cast that role, could you please cast, like, the attractive girl in that role? Because I'm watching this movie, and the entire time I'm like, the girl playing Lisa is so mediocre that there's no way I can believe that she's going to, A, 
keep some guy stringing her along or strung along to pay for everything oh, she ever needs, and then also <laughs> to like make his best friend cheat with her with, behind this guy's back, and and also to make this Donny Danny Danny Donny character suddenly find out he's I'm in love with Lisa and proposition her for a kiss in the doorway, which I thought was again how old is this kid? What's happening? Who is this? What's going on? Tell Johnny I stopped by. Tell Johnny I stopped by. Like, dude, you keep on saying that. Yeah, you just hang oh. out for two minutes. He's yeah, gonna show I know. Up. He's gonna come down. Hey, Johnny, do you want pizza? Do you want pizza? Oh, you know me so well, Lisa. Oh, I already ordered the pizza. <laughs> I thought, yeah, this scene was on order, right? She should have ordered the pizza like, after she asked if you wanted the pizza, right? Is that how their is that how their relationship works? Like. What if he said, no, I don't want fucking pizza, yeah. pizza? Oh, I had pizza three times in a row for lunch. <laughs> then what? I already ordered it. Fight. There it is. Yeah, man. This is it. That's how the relationship goes downhill. I'm trying to make sure we covered everything. With the, the, the editing was horrible. Oh, like man. Said, the voice, his voice was never, his, was never lining up with everything he said. The R&B music with the sex scenes. The sex scenes. The bad quotes. And the, the most... The most infamous quote that you'll see is the oh hi mark oh yeah oh hi mark yeah it's so outrageously paced in the dialogue because he goes from the i didn't hit her i did it and he throws like a water bottle down as he's saying his lines because he's looking down in frustration and then suddenly just looks up oh hi mark like complete emotional shift and that and that was like oh, i just lost my train of thought here um Hey, quick question, Mark. Mark, are you Johnny's best friend? Yeah. Quick question. He didn't let you forget. He didn't let you forget. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, and the whole the whole Lisa thing, saying that he got drunk, to, and and he, he, you know, so she made up the story that he got drunk and and he hit her, and the, it, why? So she, you know, she got him drunk, but I thought she was like trying to poison him or something. Right. right. She brought the alcohol, and I was like, oh, okay, it's a little switcheroo right here. She's putting something in his drink. She's gonna try, gonna try to kill him or, or drug him or something. I don't know why. Um, so yeah, they literally just got drunk and had sex, and then she goes around telling everyone that they got drunk. He says, "Oh no, Lisa, you know I didn't hit you. I hit it last night when you were on the bed." He goes, "Oh, you know, you know I don't drink. It's bullshit. I didn't do it. I only hit it." And she's going around telling everyone that he he got drunk and, and he hit her last night or whatever, and I'm like. What was the whole point of you getting him drunk? Because apparently you don't want to be with him anymore. He said something along the lines of like, oh, you know I don't drink. Like maybe there's supposed to be an implication that he's like, has a problem with Actually, alcohol. you know what? You know what? I just answered my own question because I thought about, yeah, if you got him drunk because, yeah, she got him drunk enough that he might think that he hit her. Okay, that's fine. But then that's again, it. I was looking, the, the, the day that, the, the next time you see Lisa after it's divulged that, you know, she supposedly was hit by Johnny when he was in a drunken state, there's absolutely no evidence of a hit or, or, or any kind of foul play at all. And I'm just like, well, what did you do? Did you flick your ear and say, say it, Sega? Like, what, what, what happened? It's, as far as I can tell, you're fine other than this, your attitude is crap. This dude was romantic as hell. I mean, yeah. Sitting there, every time he had sex, he had roses in the bedroom. He was, like, throwing them all over her. She had, like, rose petals stuck to her chest during one of the scenes, and I'm like, man, I've never done that, and I consider myself a pretty good, you know, relationship partner. I'm like, damn, I guess I gotta bring the bar up to YSO level if I wanna be, you know, doing it right up in here. Yeah, you had the YSO grunts and the, the yeah, oh, Sephiro grunts. Who knew that dude had a six-pack? 
I mean, he takes he's he's in that bedroom and, and he stands up and you go, holy shit! He chose the wrong profession. What's he trying to get into the movie business for? He should be a fucking bodybuilder or yeah. something like that, or, or be like his face is too jacked up to be a model. Um, but he, apparently, he he could have been. Wouldn't Leah? Oh, that's what Leah said. She said if Glenn Danzig and Fabio got mixed together, <laughs> that's what Tommy Wiseau looks like. I said, damn, that's on point, man. That is right on. <clears throat> well, apparently the, the, the actor that played Mark Greg Sestero, he's mm-hmm. he's a model or something like that. Dude hasn't aged at all. If you look at him compared two thousand three compared to now, he looks the same. Wow. I, although I will say, Tommy looks kind of looks the same too. He just looks a little more drugged out. A little more drugged out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I. I this movie, The Disaster Artist, that I talked about in the beginning with the whole uh, Seth Rogen's directing, whatever, this is based off of Greg Sestero's book, The Guy Who Played Mark. And I, 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 wanna, I really want to read it now because now I'm like infatuated with this whole thing. And yeah. I was like, why am I like so obsessed with this? Like, because and it's so bad, it's good. That's yeah. why. And you know, you can find all these like YouTube videos of like, th- there's all these special screenings of the movie all the time, and there's so many fans of it. It's such, like I said, such a cult following. And I, I'm just like trying to make sure we didn't forget any of the bad things that happened in that one. I mean, the whole movie. Well, I want to say, too, that it's like, it's. A, it, I feel like it's an important <clears throat> note to that we keep coming back to the fact that he may have had, like, a traumatic brain injury at some point. And I think that when he tells this story about this betrayal, <clears throat> he really had something happen, you know, in his life at some point, and he wanted to tell this story. And he, this Tommy Wiseau, he produced, directed, starred in as, like, one of the main characters... A film about a character that's nothing but likable, even if he is a complete simpleton. It's like Forrest Gump, right? It's, we'll call yeah. it like the Forrest Gump syndrome, where you know the character is so simple that it's almost like Drax the Destroyer or whatever from you know Guardians of the Galaxy. He's very literal. Like he's almost so literal he doesn't understand when someone says something goes over his head. He's like nothing gets over my head or whatever yeah, the joke yeah, was. You yeah. know, like Tommy is a simple Forrest Gump type of creature, and you don't you, you can't you can't even mad at him. Like the scene in the forest shop where he's buying the roses, he's walking out and he sees that like puggle sitting on the countertop. He's like, hey doggy. He's just like a sweetheart, you know. Yeah. You can't feel like any negative feeling towards this character. And he makes this movie about a character that's nothing but likable, even if he's just simply a simple, likable character. Yeah. Surrounded by scoundrels that we find, but it's done in such a, I think, the way to describe it would be such a childlike manner. It's so basic human understanding of interactions. And you just, you know what he's going for, but the execution was like, I can't tell if this is supposed to be uh, like, like... a, an after-school special. I can't tell if it's supposed to be a theater act. I can't tell if it's, yeah. if it's supposed to be like a Lifetime movie or a Skinamax 3 a.m. flick at certain points because there's <laughs> yeah, so much I, just I think it was, it was more of a porno than, yeah. than anything. Yeah, a bad one. Yeah. Why is it such a bad porno? Yeah. Usually and boobs are a ticket to my heart. I was, afraid, time, I was, like, I was waiting for I was waiting for a, um, a dick shot when he got up. <laughs> we rewound it to say... Wait, did we catch it? Oh, no, almost, no. almost. He got up out of bed and he had the the uh, blanket fall off, and it was it was almost that. You ever see Gone Girl? Yeah. Ben Affleck ran in the corner, almost peeped out, and I said, yeah. "Oh man, Tommy's showing it all." Yeah. He's like, "Come at me, look at me." Tommy's not afraid. To, he had that skill. That was probably one of the best shots in the film because it was skillfully done, where he cut out everything you didn't need to see, but showed what you wanted. I will say that a positive of the film was, I guess, you'd call that the photography. Where they just had the shots of San Francisco. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they, the establishing they, shots. Yeah, that nice. was, was that was good. I, that was like you know a normal movie, kind of you know set the scene and you know show the building stuff like that. That was fine. The music was horrible. They definitely sucked on the music. It was it was, it was, it was tough. I mean, I'm sure it was hard to find licensing for things at such true, a low budget. Yeah, true. 
it, it, it could have been a lot worse. I mean, it, considering it was 2003, it just, though, it, it seemed cool. like the music yeah, came it from art. Sick. It seemed like it was seriously sisters with voices, mm-hmm. late. 80s, early 90s, like R&B soul type of thing mm-hmm. was kind of juxtaposed with the casting. I want to say I thought also they nailed the wardrobe <coughs> because the 2003 to late 90s look was like so prevalent. Whether it was like the the loose fitting suits or the outfits that um, yeah. Diddy Denny Donnie Dunny would be wearing. That's what we missed. That's I think that's the one thing we missed. It's the whole wedding thing when he gets. Oh yeah. What the what was that? They're all in tuxedos. Peter comes, like, they're just in tuxedos, and you know that they're, oh. they're, tr- they're trying to get married. Like, our, he's getting married in a month. They're all, all... Yeah, yeah, sorry about that. My, uh, my freaking program decided to take a shit on me real quick. Um, so anyway, <laughs> to continue uh, with what I was saying, I was talking about the, the one scene we forgot to talk about, which was this scene where, like I said, they were supposed to get married, um, and then all of a sudden, Tommy and his, and his boys, Denny and Mark and Pete, I guess Peter, they're all in their tuxedos, and, well, Peter comes in, and... Well, I think I think they all came. It was like, yeah. Was was Denny already in there, or was it? More I feel like I think I feel like Peter showed up last. Two and, two guys showed up. Whatever. But yeah. Top, Johnny was in the shot, <laughs> and then all three. You know, Denny and, and Peter and Mark come in. They're all in tuxedos, and they're like, "Hey, Peter, let's go throw the football around." We're wearing tuxedos. Yeah. Peter's like, exactly. Peter's like. No, I'm not throwing a football. Like I'm trying to get ready for whatever they're supposedly a wedding. I'm yeah. sure Tommy was getting married. I guess. Um, so they go out and they decide to play. Oh no! They, before they do, remember all three of the, the Danny, Danny, Donnie, Donnie, and <laughs> and uh, Mark and Johnny are all standing behind Peter, who's sitting in a chair, yeah. and they start going, "Oh, oh. just chicken!" And they do this oh, movie chick, a couple chick, times. Oh, yeah. chick, 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 this funny weird teaser thing. This thing happened at least two times for sure that I can think of. Maybe three times. But they're like, chick, 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 you're chicken. And then pisses him off at the end of the movie. And pisses off Mark to make him to make to make him fight him. Oh yeah, that's to the point where someone's calling you a chicken like that, and you're and you're a grown adult, and that's gonna get to you. I'm not a chicken. Or you might be a turkey, but I'm not a chicken. And then oh, it's so bad. Oh god, I complain. Throw about that. Yeah, like come on, man. So, yeah, they, and then they decide to go out time and throw the football around. And of course, the first pass is to Peter, and Peter trips and looks so awkward, and that's the scene. Yeah, he just falls. Him- oh, to add, he falls down on his belly in his tuxedo, and I'm just sitting there thinking, you know, I'm pretty sure I saw a Sesame Street episode where you weren't supposed to get messed up in your clothes you were dressed up for, and then the whole episode was about how he spilled something on his fancy shirt, and uh-huh. Elmo and him were trying to get it out, or maybe it was... A different character, but any you know, I'm like, man, my three-year-old knows better than that. When I got him in his clean clothes, what are these? These are grown adults playing football in an alleyway. Like Tyler said, these guys are getting ready to go to a wedding or an event of some kind. What? Whiskey Tango Foxtrot? Are you doing mm-hmm. in your suit out there? Mm-hmm. And then that's it. That's the scene. That's the scene. You don't hear anything about a wedding, them getting married. That's, Just so something else. I'm going to assume that they got married. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just going to assume that. And you were just talking about the uh, the fashion, right? And everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and freaking Lisa was like, there was a scene where she was like, look, just like Britney Spears, like had the hair and yeah. the outfit and everything from like, I'm like, oh god, just like, a little bit more busted of a Britney Spears, we'll say. So, like, so you were saying that the the fashion was was yeah, on. Yeah, I felt like they they nailed that early 2000s, just like late 90s. Because the I mean, reason I say it is, Leah and I watch Friends a lot. And when we're, okay, okay. we're watching that, a lot of it takes place in that time frame. And yeah. I, I see like Ross and Chandler and Joey wearing a lot of the same kind of clothes. 
Okay. And I'm like, ah, all right, I mean, fair enough. The, at least they nailed the the, the clumsy costume. I mean, I don't think that's that hard to do when yeah. you're making a movie of that era, that yeah. time. Yeah, exactly. And you know what I mean? It's like, uh, pretty much where yeah. this guy wear. I mean, you never know, man. You could have had somebody in bell bottoms and somebody with like a knapsack <laughs> with like dungarees just painted for gold and stuff. I mean, <laughs> you would have thought because like, everything else. You never know. I mean, it is San Francisco. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and oh man, it's just like I, I feel so bad for Tommy Wiseau. And I, I like I, I've, I've read about this guy like recently, and I, I see that he like he doesn't want to talk about his past. He, got, he he's trying to like tell everyone like all of his friends that are close with him and everything that he's born and raised in America. And I don't believe it. You can tell the guy's got like kind of. Even his name is made up. Yeah, he, he gave himself a, a new name. I think he might be. He sounds like French kind of or something. I, you know, I was wondering. I was like, is this guy? Is he? You know, not to sound callous, but you know, is this guy some kind of mentally retarded, or is he just French? You, you don't know. <laughs> you don't know. The guy could be. He could have messed up in that accident. Because I, I mean, like. Just, you know, it happened. You know what I mean? Like I knew a guy. I knew yeah, a guy exactly. who, who was. I didn't know him prior to the accident, but I met him at, at a at a boxing gym when he was post accident, and the guy was just he. You know, his heart was there. He was. He reminds me a lot of this Tommy Wiseau character. He was a gentle guy. He was. He was super nice and straightforward. He didn't do sarcasm or like you know double yeah. entendres. He was a very clear cut guy, but he was so simple. And it was yep. it, it was just a little off, a little bit slow. Damn it! I really don't know if I want to if I want to bring this up because we can always I'm, cut it out. I'm afraid we can cut it, we cut it out. Well, there's a guy that we work with. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to name him, but I think you know who I'm talking about. Yeah, I think so. And he, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I, I knew he went to college and he got a degree in something, mm-hmm. something to do with science or whatever. And, He's, and but when you talk to the guy, it, you know, like it, it's so hard to have a conversation with him. He's all over the place. He doesn't make really much sense, and it takes him a while to get a whole sentence out. But inside, this dude's probably smart as shit. But he's got something wrong mm-hmm. with him, obviously. And so that could be a case with this guy. And I think it doesn't help. Like I said, that I think he's from another country. Yeah, he doesn't. So there's a lost in translation. Yeah, and exactly. He's trying. You know, he, he, you can tell that he's got an accent. He doesn't know that. You know that. The English language that well, so when you come to this country and you're trying to be an actor and you're trying to do American movies, I mean, it's really hard because to, to nail yeah. that type of a work, you have to be, you have to understand trends. You know, you have to understand what works and doesn't. Exactly, and, and every culture every, or every country is different by the way they act and everything. Mm-hmm. Also, you yeah. Know what I mean? well, so you go somewhere else, and, and you, it's it's like the whole thing with like shaking, like going to Japan or whatever one of these like Korean uh, countries, and like they, they want to bow to you. As, mm-hmm. as Americans, we want to shake hands. Right. You know what I mean? Like I forget. Like, just uh, different countries. And, and like, get, like some, a lot of like uh, uh, people, they like to get really close to your face, and we don't like that as Americans. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. Like, you know, you don't understand the, the customs and everything and how we do stuff. Yeah. That could be another thing too. Is that you don't understand how these, how we, how we act in America over there. You, you know what I mean? Um. So yeah. Again, like I think we pretty much covered all the bases. Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, if you want to watch a movie that's that's gonna like simultaneously make you question reality and also like the biggest mystery to me is how someone spent six million dollars making this film it, it was six it was million i'm looking at right here in the eye or the oh uh, wikipedia of it, and it was second. a six million dollar budget what the what like what was like blair witch project i know right that Wasn't had to be like, like not whatever even like camera costs and camping equipment and possible i don't i think it might have been 10 million Maybe for Saul, the first Saul, because mm-hmm. that was kind of like James Wan's first right. projects, and he had no money to do it. 
What? Eight million dollars? No, six million dollars on this. But six, so six million. Six million, eight million. What's two million no. difference when you're already at six million? That's a lot of money, man. I'm, I'm, if you give me six million dollars, I could give you a pretty decent film. And I've never even made a film before. Yeah, besides like VHS stuff and goofy stuff on my phone. Yeah. And I'm talking like back in like Just 90. talking nice cameras and nice lighting. Yeah. You know what I mean? You, yeah. know, you don't want to get too much in editing. That's where all exactly. the problems from. I mean, this is, you shouldn't even have much editing in it. This film is supposed to be, it seems like it's designed just to be a dramatic romance based you know, movie. It, there, there's really no. You don't need CGI and action sequences or big budget blockbuster explosions. <laughs> the only CGI they had was upstairs. I guess you wouldn't call it the loft or the, the roof, whatever. Yeah. And why the hell was that CG? You know what I mean? The background of the skyline. Yeah. Yeah. Like, was that was what you, that was what you did. That used the screen or the green. Actually, uh, was it green screen? Yes, it was. It was. Wow. You I see, you see the trailer. Solid painting. No, it was green screen. Oh wow! I and there, you that. see the trailer for the disaster artist. Where it's a green screen? That's right. Yes, and there I've seen I saw pictures of them doing that scene and, and it's a green screen. Wow. Yeah. Why would you green screen that? That's so dis- That's wasted money. That is. That's that is. that's just another thing where it's like you went wrong with that, dude. Like just yeah. get up on the freaking roof. You know, I thought it was like, ridiculous that one of the side characters, I just want to go back I, I know this is so stupid and shallow, but it makes the story impossible. It it takes it. It ruins my immersion in the storyline every time this Lisa character is supposed to be some seductive hottie. Hey, Lisa. <laughs> Lisa, you're terrible. You're the worst. Lisa should have died. Yeah, you should have done this. You should have. You deserve this. So, so her friend that um that breaks into and just somehow pops into the room and starts making out and banging her boyfriend when they're. By the way, when I had that scene, that little sexy scene, there. Dude, are you guys trying to make out or eat chocolates? Because I counted at least three chocolates they were eating, and I'm like. <laughs> His mouth was stuffed. They're just stuffed full of food. I'm like, yo, you guys are doing, you guys are doing makeout wrong. You got too much food. Yeah, well, she's about to go down on him, and he's already making his O face when she's on his neck. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, dude, not yet, dude. He's already at the like, your strokes. She's unbuttoning his pants. He's like, <laughs> I'm like, okay, again, you gotta work on that timing. You gotta work on that timing, buddy. Come on now. And, and that then, girl that does that plays that role though. Yeah. She's actually kind of attractive, right? Yeah. She's she's got like she a typically attractive face. She wasn't she wasn't that bad. No, as far as like acting. And I thought, why don't they just flip flop the yes, Lisa role her, for her? Yeah, her acting wasn't that bad. Because because both of them were equally you know you know uh, competent actresses. Yeah. There's no reason just to make this like the girl that plays the hot girl isn't hot. Mm-hmm. So I can't understand how she's seducing people. I'm I'm just looking yeah. at like. Well, Do you that, think that, guys are that thirsty that they just that, be like, oh, a girl's throwing shit at me. I'm that, just going to give it all away. That was the, that, that, <laughs> she was the only one that didn't want that much money. Yeah. Like, uh, she, she did it for 50 bucks. She just wanted to have a little fun. <laughs> yeah. Her doctor said she needed to get out and do some yeah. acting. She was, actually, she was actually auditioning for pornos. <laughs> and she's like, are you going to put it in or and what? She went on to be Dixie Diggler. <laughs> um, oh, God, what was I going to... Oh, I was going to add about one of the sex scenes, the first sex scene with... Was it Mark on the stairs when that was the first? Yeah, time? yeah. On Who the stairs. On those stairs. Okay, so when they start, I know that hurts. Uh, <laughs> so when they're starting out, you, you really can't tell if Lisa's na- Lisa's naked at, at all, and you see Mark. He's got a shirt off, right? So the whole shot is up, up above. So you think you think Mark's naked now yeah. because you're seeing kind of thrusting. Mm-hmm. You're seeing. You're hearing grunts. You're hearing. Because yeah. the uh, shot was clipped up into multiple. Yeah, like, clips. exactly. Like so, then you're like, okay, well, there's the intercourse right there, and it's it's just, and all of a sudden, as the scene's getting ready to end, the camera pans down, and Mark's pants are still on. They're still on. I'm like, that's what. Wait a second. We <laughs> were watching it, thinking that all those clips were yep. implying progression. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. that, that now his pants were off. Yeah. Now her. 
There's a scene where you think that everything is off at this point because there's been so many clips of progress implied. And you see, she's still got her top on, which is insane because we all know her boobs just can't can't wait to get out. And then, like you said, his pants are still on. Then cut to the end of the actual scene where they finished up their dirty deed. And she's like tugging at her tube top back up above her boobs, but it actually never came off her boobs. Yeah. So I was like, what are you, t- don't tug at it now, yeah. girl. I know you never even took anything off. What the heck? That might have been, they might have done that, uh, that, that was probably, that might have been the first sex scene that she did. Maybe she was just like, oh, I don't feel comfortable. And they're like, well, you have 10 sex scenes. So, you know, I think we want to make it look kind of real. Or maybe she was just that attracted to Tommy. Yeah, she was like, oh man, I can't get enough so of this, you know this, what? this combination. You know what, I thought, I thought that Mark would have been more jacked than Tommy. Tommy takes off his shirt. I'm like, come on, Tommy, you got like a dad bod on this. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't that. I mean, I'm not trying to judge a guy here, but I'm like, you know, freaking. What do you mean, Mark takes his shirt off? I'm, yeah, yeah, you said Tommy. Yeah, Tommy's, Tommy's ripped. Tommy's ripped. Tommy's Mark, like, like Tommy is no slouch. I'm dude. sorry, I keep it going back between. He's these. got a bleak shelf thing going on. Like, <laughs> like I'm looking at the shot. I'm looking at him like, are those abs? <laughs> I'm like, damn, those are real abs. <laughs> I and he's thick. He's like, like yeah. a like oh, yeah. he's like a oh, yeah. football player body. He's got you know? small arms though. Yeah, yeah. He's, not- <laughs> he's got the arms. Cut. His sleeves off. I'm like, you gotta work with the arms, dude. But yeah, he's, I, hey, yeah. Um, he, he definitely works out. Yeah. Um, model face, on the other hand, needs to hit the gym a little bit because he's looking like he spent most of his time writing a book about this instead of hitting. hitting Come on, the man. Tom, Tommy's got the jack bod. He's paying for everyone to live. He's got he's paying for the apartment. He's getting everything you want. You don't have to work. You don't have to do anything. And you're just like, I don't love him. I don't love him. I don't know okay. what to do. And he could be like, here's an idea. Be honest with him because you're an adult and say, hey, man, I don't think we're going to work out. Yeah. You know, maybe you ought to stop paying mm-hmm. for me to live and, that, and that'd be good. Is there a movie about irresponsible people who didn't know they could have a discussion? Because yep. I'm like, you know, you don't have to like wait till someone kills themselves to get out of relationships. Mm-hmm. You can just end it a little early, amicably, and maybe even salvage a friendship out of it. <laughs> if, if, you, if you want that. So, I can't wait to watch The Disaster Artist. Oh, God, I know. I, like, I've never, like, I'm not really, never really been excited to see a Seth Rogen film. Personally. Yeah, I think like, actually I agree with at you. At first, I've seen a few of his films yeah. that I've enjoyed. Yeah, yeah, yeah More yeah, often yeah. than, like, I thought Pineapple Express was a wild ride. I mean, that was fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was good. I, but I'm trying to think, man, I'm thinking man. of more that I kind of like, like, Neighbors and stuff like that. Yeah. But I'm just like, I, to the point with him, maybe at first I was like, oh, okay, Seth Rogen. Yeah. You know, him, him directing or being in a movie was kind of like, oh. But I'm just, I'm not, honestly, I'm not really a big fan of Seth Rogen. Same um, And then, like, the directing and everything, like, he's, he's had a couple, so... Well, like I said, when I saw this, I was like, I, I didn't even want to watch the trailer. I watched the trailer and I was so confused. But then after I saw, I, I read up and saw the videos. I was like, oh my god, this is going to be gold. Like, I can't wait to watch it. I had no idea that they were doing this project. I had seen clips, like I said, of... I've never I'd never actually watched the entire movie until last night. But I had yeah. seen enough clips, about 40 minutes and, of different footage. And I knew like I knew how it was known for being legendarily bad. Because yeah. immediately, like the first clip I saw was that, I didn't hit her, I didn't, that's bullshit. <laughs> and you can see like the timing of the of the lines. And then also, it's, it's slightly out of sync with the main actor. You looking at like you think is this like a bollywood movie or is this like what is this is this like i've seen trauma movies that are more well produced and obviously trauma is known for being ultra campy and stupid because that's what they're shooting for which is fine and that's why they're called classics but this guy he had no idea that he was producing an inadvertent trauma romance movie i think i mean he didn't make a trauma movie not not to not to put that label on him i don't think they want this on their brand but well, it's it's uh, 
the order. Uh, but you, you have to watch it though. You really yeah. do. It's good. It's it's good that it's only an hour. I can't wait to see the disaster. Yeah. It's gonna be. It's gonna I, be awesome. I can't wait. And like I, there's a scene where Tommy's in the movie. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah, he's. And so he's, he's actually like he's doing a cameo role. No. Yeah, I think now that he's accepted it for what it is at first, you know, and it's it's kind of cool because I, I appreciate because like I said, I've been watching these interviews of him and stuff like that, and I saw something last night of of all these people that go to these special showings of the movie now. It's, like I said, it's got such a following. Mm-hmm. And Tommy was there hitting hands and everything. He's just excited. That's good. Yeah, and I'm like, good for you, dude. Like he only came out with one movie, and it's just like you know, it's kind of like. So I'm like, good for you, man. You really put your heart into it. It was bad, but so bad that it was good. Yeah. Um, well, so actually, no, he's made other movies since. Really? Yeah, hold on. Or maybe, no, no, maybe There's not. A, not the, he's never directed, produced, or written. Well, you know, you know what I'm The room is the only one. Oh, okay. Well, I'm excited because they're doing a movie with him and uh, Tommy Wiseau and Greg Sestero doing, doing another movie that's going to come out, I think, in 2018. Oh, wow. Called Best Friends. And I watched the, I watched the trailer for that, and the trailer... Was it was better? It was still bad. More on Tommy's part. I'm Tommy's best friend. <laughs> it's called best friends, right? Like, come on, right? So I watched the trailer, and which is nice is that Tommy is just in the movie. They have like the, the apparently the guy who's doing the score is a part of Imagine Dragons. Really? Yeah. Well, so, that'll at least alleviate the pressures of the R&B from the 2000s yeah. slash early 90s. <laughs> The interesting thing is, I watched the trailer, and then I was like, "Okay, when's this movie coming out?" And the trailer was kind of—it was kind of weird. I kind of like, but apparently that trailer, all that footage is not going to be in the movie. Hmm. This guy Gary Fong is directing it, and this is like one of his big. His um, he's he's like he's like a professional photographer and does other shit too. But this is like one of his like, he's really trying to get into directing, and this is like his first real movie he's doing. And of course, he does it with Grace Estero and Tom. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm I'm excited to see that yeah, now. That's a recipe for success. Yeah, but I'm excited to see it, um, just because of you know. And yet, to just I want to say this too. I'm looking at his his filmography here. He, he the only one he directed, produced, and wrote was The Room, right? But he starred in a few here, like Samurai Cop Two, Deadly Vengeance, Cold oh, just, Moon. Just the names, right? You there. know, he he was in them as or not starred, but he was actors and he was credited as an actor. And also, there's another one, a documentary called that's written, directed, produced, and acted in by Tommy Wiseau, and he's actually playing himself in the movie. It's called Homeless in America, which it's a documentary supposedly. I, I actually just because of Shit, that, I'm curious it? to like watch it just because he directed, produced, wrote. And acted in, and he's playing he himself in, in it, which makes me wonder. It's called, it's called Homeless in America. I wonder if it's more of an insight into Damn, where this guy come from, right? Yeah, right. Like maybe we're gonna, like, maybe the next episode about uh, movie reviews we do will be about you know Homeless in America, and we'll get another insight into what's, Dude, what's making him think of homeless. I don't think he is now. Poor I mean, Tom, I mean that's why I, that's why I kept saying to myself while we watched it, I felt like so. It felt so awkward being critical of it, you know, because here I am, a, a person who really loves movies. I like a lot of films from different genres and different cultures. I watch foreign movies at different times. I watch, you know, old school black and white Buster Keaton. I watch, you know, stuff like uh, Chaplin. And, and I try to appreciate everything. And, and so I understand sort of like what makes some film good and some film not so good. Yeah. And I'm not I'm no like expert or anything, I've never been to film school, but you know, I, I see this this guy and he's just really just trying to make a good movie about a simpleton with a good heart who gets screwed over by all these pieces of shit in his life and yeah. you know, I 
I wonder to myself, I, you know, I hear all these things about how he had like kind of a rough life, and I think, fuck, man, I hate to be so critical if this is actually a bit of a, you know, insight to this poor guy's life. Is this a memoir? You know, like, is this, is this, is this? We really get into the heart of what's a, what's a why so? Well, like, you, you don't really know much about this guy until he started acting. Because, mm-hmm. like I said, he kept, he pretty much keeps all that secret. Don't know why. And that's why I want to read the book, The Disaster Artist, that Greg Sestero, the guy who played Mark, right. um, he wrote this book. Apparently, it's really good. A lot of people have read it. And it's about how they met and their weird relationship and everything involved with them, too. And that's why I really want to read it. Yeah, Because cool. to really get some, like, insight on that. And so, yeah, so I'm, I'm definitely going to order that. <laughs> yeah. I'm read that and see how that goes. But yeah, like I said, definitely check out this movie. Mm-hmm. You have you have to watch it. It's yeah, if you, if you appreciate film at all, it's, you know you're you're gonna. It's kind of weird, but you're gonna laugh. You're not gonna cry. But. You're gonna feel emotions that you're confused. Yeah, about, exactly, you know? exactly. I'm like, what? Like, at first it was funny. Yeah. Like, then I got used to it, and I'm like, okay, it's not funny. That stuff's not funny anymore. Like, it's just bad. And then I keep kind of going through the movie, looking at, it. and then at the end, then it's like, damn, man, this poor guy, he shot yeah. and killed himself. For love, like that was messed up. Like this dude did everything for everyone. It was so nice, and mm-hmm. then he just had his heart ripped out. And then he's just like, "God forgive me." Yeah. Shoots himself. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 it's, it's <laughs> it gets real dark, man. It happens to Betsy. Yeah. Check it out. Check it yeah. out. Check out the Disaster Artist book. Check that out. Check it out on Audible. Yeah. I think I'm gonna hit up Audible. I'm gonna get an Audible subscription so I can like listen to audiobooks and things in the car. I'm mean, gonna do podcasts in the car, but I don't know if I'd like to listen to. It. I think I'd like to read instead. Either, either or, you know, it's yeah. it's definitely gonna be insight into this into this. It's just such a weird thing in the, in the film world. This movie mm-hmm. is so weird. You can't tell yeah. if it's something that's belonging on Lifetime or Skinamax or what. Man, I, I'm it's just not hot enough I, to be porn. It's not good enough to be on <laughs> Lifetime. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I just had I've never I never knew about this. Yeah, it's like this this huge thing. I was like, whoa. <laughs> so yeah, we did. Wow, I thought we were gonna actually talk about other stuff today, but yeah. Yeah, we pretty we, much uh, just jumped into it. We it, shot that one to shit. It, it's it's so hard not to get on tangents with this film because there's just and, so many things. That yeah, are and, and crazy. And you want to comment on every aspect. I know, and we pretty much did. Yeah, I think we. And the, the fact that we watched the movie last night it's fresh in our minds. Oh yeah. Like, you know, if we if we talk about anything else, we'd, we'd probably miss a lot of stuff. Mm. But. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we pretty much nailed the whole movie. So, like, like we said, go see it. Um, that's pretty much it for this podcast. Yeah. If you guys uh, give it a listen and enjoy it, keep on listening along. Glad to be on it. Glad to be part of it. Drinking issues. Yeah, drinking issues. Number was it for, three? Just three. Number three. Yeah. Three. Yeah. Forty-one diamonds. Don't forget. Yeah. Check, check, it. check it out, man. Check out that brand. Never stop chasing your dreams. Even yeah. even Tommy Wiseau doesn't Tom, stop chasing his dreams. I'm about to send him a shirt. I know, man. We gotta do it. Just we get. I, I bet that that's be, that's like a goal of mine now is to meet Tommy Wiseau. Like get him in a get him in a forty-one yeah. diamonds hat or shirt oh or something. Oh my god, man. I would love to. But That'd be great. Where am I gonna find him? At? San Francisco, probably. Screw it, man. We will go to Comic Con. We have a big one. In, oh, San Diego. Yeah, where are they gonna? Let me try to score. I'm gonna try to score tickets to this uh, of the premiere. It's got. It's probably gotta be like ten dollars. No, no, like, have you ever done that before? No. Yeah, like I was like so obsessed with seeing BBS. Oh right. That like, I, oh god, it's, it's like such a such an addiction of mine. Like when the movie's like really close to coming out, mm-hmm. I'm just I won't stop searching. Like I'm obsessed. And I found this website and like screen, like premiere screenings. Like and it's this website that I'm sure there's other ones too where they sell you tickets to the premiere. 
They're like, but they're like five thousand dollars. No why? Yeah. <laughs> so you think about five thousand dollars to see a BBS, which is huge. So that's probably like the maximum amount. Probably get the shittiest seats too. Probably. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Standing room only. Yeah. But I was like, shit, man. If I had, if I had like five thousand dollars, I could just do whatever with. I would definitely throw it throw it to that. Oh man. Um, so yeah, I should definitely get that to see. Yeah. You should see it because he's definitely gonna be there. Oh my gosh, that'd be great. <laughs> I bet you hit. Or we could like find like a special screening or something. I'm gonna say. Because, like, I think him and uh, him and Greg show up to him sometimes. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look him up. And it's, and it's, probably, it's probably, it's probably, it's probably getting so much, so much hit right now. Like, people are all over right now because of this Seth Rogen trailer that a lot of people like me didn't know about, and they're probably out, like, well, just actually, like, this will probably help Tommy White sell out. Oh yeah, know, yeah. He, 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 they're probably gonna be like, he's probably gonna be in so many movies now. Like, you know what I mean? Like, obviously, comedy's not serious yeah. movies. Like you have to keep this guy. Like, I mean, he's a character, man. And like, he's I, a certain, yeah, even the actors that you know, they say he's, you know, like I think you could use him in in special roles. It'd oh, be yeah. a niche role, like yeah. Steve Buscemi. Never, you know, he's never going to be like John McClane <laughs> starring Steve yeah. Buscemi. You know, like it's yeah. just it's it's Steve Buscemi, the supporting actor in a weird quirky role, and it's he's great at that. Yeah, it'd be it would be something That's like just that. The thing. It's obviously typecast, but. A guy like him, yeah. he has to be. He, he can't do anything else. Yeah, yeah. It's unfortunate. So, <laughs> all right. It's cool. been fun, Josh. It's been I'm great time. I look forward to having you on a lot more. Wow, that was awesome. Absolutely. Stop talking. That was great. For sure. I need. It's it's a lot easier to talk to someone else instead of myself. Yeah, yeah. It makes so. it flow. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, like I said, thank you for listening to Drinking Issues. Catch you guys later.